What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's. We are three apex predators with nothing better to do. I'm Austin Terry, and long live the king. I'm Keith Baker, and I don't drink the tap water. And I'm Matt Johnson, and let them fight. On today's show, we'll be diving into the latest entry in the MonsterVerse, Godzilla vs. Kong. But first, Matt, how was the Falcon and the Winter Soldier this week? It was interesting. This one was a weird one for us. We definitely liked it to varying degrees, but it sounds like even though we're we're halfway through, we're still very interested to where the rest of the series goes. So definitely check that out. Listen to our thoughts. How does Zemo fit into the picture? How does Sharon Carter fit into the picture? Well, we don't freaking know, but we're hoping that our boys, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, will resolve this soon. So check out our thoughts right now in your podcast feeds. And Keith, can you please let everybody know when those episodes come out? Those episodes come out every Sunday. That's right. New episodes of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier release on Friday, so be sure to check out our thoughts every Sunday. And with that, my friends, let's get into our main topic for today. We will, of course, be discussing the new movie Godzilla vs. Kong. And I want to start by doing things a little differently this week. Uh, We're not going to spend as much time as we normally would in the intro because we haven't yet talked about any of the MonsterVerse films on this show. So, WB launched their cinematic universe back in 2014 with the Aaron Taylor Johnson, Elizabeth Olsen, and Brian Cranston-led Godzilla. They then added our boy King Kong to the mix with Kong Skull Island, and later a sequel to the first movie with Godzilla, King of the Monsters. All of these films establishing the hollow earth and history of the Titans along the way. So Matthew and Keith, our episode today will be both of y'all's first return to the franchise since the release of Godzilla in 2014. Um, I personally have stayed pretty up to date on the MonsterVerse and I'm relatively high on the franchise. So what was it like for you two revisiting some of these films and experiencing others for the first time? Where do we start, Keith? This is a weird one for us. I mean, we've done our full Star Wars retrospective and review. We've done phase one of the MCU. We've done Daniel Craig's Bond. We've done a bunch of TV shows. And I feel like all of those times we were revisiting, but I know... Austin, it's different, but for you and me, Keith, we saw Godzilla 2014. There was a lot of series left that we hadn't seen leading up to this. So, Keith, start me off. I mean, what was it like revisiting that first one, and then how was it moving on from that? Well, to be honest, I didn't rewatch the first one. I just went from there. I just went straight into Kong, Skull Island, and then King of the Monsters, what about you? Do you remember anything? Or did you rewatch the first one? I did rewatch this. So I have talked to this on the podcast before. I won't give any details because it doesn't really matter. But I saw Godzilla at a drive-in theater when it came out. And it was a double feature with that and The Amazing Spider-Man 2. So needless to say, it was a long fucking night. And nobody had any fun. (laughs) Um, So that was the only time I saw it. And I never watched Kong Skull Island. I never watched King of the Monsters because I didn't like Godzilla 2014. So I was like, why should I continue the series? And when Austin suggested that we review this movie, I was like, okay, I'll go back and watch them. They're on HBO Max. Why not? And rewatching 2014 Godzilla, I got to say, I really enjoyed it. And I guess there's kind of an asterisk because... While I enjoyed it, I think it was kind of misguided in the story it was telling because it's very not monster focused, oddly. It feels... Well, and let me jump in there because I actually may have a hot take. 
to throw at you guys. I think 2014 Godzilla has the strongest human characters oh, of this franchise. I, w- I would say 100%. I, I would not disagree with that. I think it definitely does. But the problem is, Austin, I think it's because they spend so much time on them and develop them, whereas they're not really developing the <laughs> monster plot, which is kind of what you want with these movies. And don't get me wrong, that final action sequence in Godzilla 2014 is... I was... I got to say, I was cheering. It was badass. It was so hype. It was so exciting. But it comes (laughs) it comes far too late in the movie. I'm not joking. I watched it knowing like, okay, I'm going to watch Godzilla 2014. Halfway through, I was like, oh, yeah, Godzilla's in this. I forgot he was in it. I thought it was just a monster movie featuring Aaron Taylor Johnson for a while. Totally forgot Godzilla was involved. But it was way better than I thought. I'll say that much. Okay, so so those are your thoughts on Godzilla 2014. Why don't you guys now kind of break down your thoughts on Kong Skull Island and King of the Monsters? Ooh, excited. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I'll start off with the better one of the two for me, oh. and that is Kong King of the Skull Monsters? Island. Yes! Nope. Kong Thanks Skull God, Island. Keith. I'm with you. While this is still not really high up at all, I mean, none of these movies are high up for me at all, but um, <laughs> this one's probably the highest up there for me, and I think this one did have some cool characters in it. I really like Sam Jackson in it, and uh, John Goodman, and uh, John C. Riley. I thought they were all fun in it. And I just like the whole story of Kong, and and being on that island and everything like that. I, and I enjoyed the other King Kong movie that came out, what was it, like, almost 20 Peter years Jackson's. ago, with Jack Black and Adrian Brody. Who, guess what, Keith? Do you remember who else was in that movie as a lead character? Kyle Chandler. Yeah, that's not Kyle a joke. Chandler, that's right. He, was. he played like the lead actor of the movie they were trying to make. That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, so I enjoyed Kong Squallin for the most part. Um, and then King of Monsters. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like sitting there just, Jesus, this thing ever going to end? <laughs> I love it. All right, Austin, you I'm jump in I'm kind of surprised now. to hear that. Yeah, let me, let me go ahead and jump in here because King of the Monsters is actually one of my favorites in this franchise. Oh. Not for the human characters, but just for all the monster moments because I think they mm. took the critique of Godzilla not really being in the first one and they're like, fine, we'll, we'll give you all the monsters. And I think that aspect of that movie is so much fun. Watching Godzilla and Ghidorah show down will never not be hype. Like all the fight yeah. scenes I think in that movie are so great and it makes it such a blast. That's where I have to agree with you, Austin. I mean, King of the Monsters might be one of the most baffling movies I've ever seen in my entire life. But the thing is, what it's going for are those exciting monster moments. And they definitely nailed it way more than Godzilla 2014. Watching Ghidorah raise Godzilla into the sky and then drop him as he like plummets towards the earth. I was like, this is so cool. Watching Godzilla storm towards Ghidorah with the Air Force following behind him. Oh, yeah. Long live the king. There was so many awesome monster moments in that one. But I'm with Keith, though. Kong Skull Island. I had never watched it. And what a fun movie. I had a blast with it. I'm going to even take it beyond Keith because I I really, really liked it. I would say this was a good movie, one that I'm probably going to watch again. Now, the biggest problem is there are countless characters in that film. (laughs) I don't even know how many there are because there are so many. And I think they lose track of them too. Yeah, even the movie loses track of some of their characters and they have to kill them randomly at times to kind of adhere to that. And even your leads, Tom Hiddleston, Brie Larson, 
they don't really have anything interesting to do. And also, it's like one of them's a tracker and one of them's a photographer. So it's like, could we not have just cast like more soldier characters and made them fill those roles so that we're, we don't have like double the characters in the movie? We can actually find out about these people. That's what they probably should have done. That being said. The way they used Kong in that movie as like an actual character that wasn't that was different from Godzilla in the sense that Kong, I feel like, actually feels like a like an active participant, like in the plot and also emotional. Yeah, he also has emotion, which I yeah. think is a key thing for Kong. Like you can see on his face that he is troubled by the fact that these humans are on his island and that like they're also raising the Skullwalkers. Like I, I, all the stuff with Kong, I think is great in Skull Island. And, yeah. and to be clear, I don't think Skull Island is a bad movie either. I just happen to have more fun with King of the Monsters. For sure, for sure. I, I can't blame you there. I did feel like uh, Kong Skull Island at least made a pretty big effort to make Kong a big part of the plot, whereas Godzilla 2014 didn't seem to do that for Godzilla. It's just like these mutos came into power, kind of, and Godzilla's whole thing was... I'll stop them. But I kind of also like that aspect of 2014 Godzilla where they're like, he's been dormant for so long. The reason being, no challenger has risen that's like worthy of his time until the mutos come up. Like, I kind of like that aspect of like, well, I'm not going to surface because there's nothing worth fighting. Oh, yeah, you know, I don't I, I didn't dislike it, but I liked that Kong Skull Island gave us a, a more active participant in the plot. And that participant was King Kong. Like, his family was killed by the Skullwalkers. If Kong dies, then the big skull crawler will come to power. The only reason he's attacking is because we're invading, trying to track this uncharted area. So if we never did that, this wouldn't have happened. And this is happening during the Vietnam War, a war we never should have been a part of. So there was so many kind of interesting connections with that. So I really, I liked that it was a period piece as well. So... Yeah, I really like Kong Skull Island. That was more of a fun one. Again, the fact that they cast so many actors, I'm still baffled by, but at least it was fun. Whereas um, with King of the Monsters, I really kind of only liked the monster stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's the main gist of it. I don't know what it was about this movie. And just so you know, Keith, you're not in the minority. The general public does not like King of the Monsters. And maybe maybe it was because I didn't go back and rewatch Godzilla, but... I just came into this movie super confused by everything that was going on. I kind of felt like, did I miss something and and or whatever? I felt like they were just talking about stuff that you already should have known, like all the science lingo behind all these monsters. Now here's here's Monster Zero. He's coming out. Here's good. I can't remember the names. Ghidorah. And here's this one. All these <laughs> monsters are coming out. Yeah. And I was like, are we supposed to know what these are? I just felt like, um, yeah, that I felt like I was missing. I guess. And I can see that for you, Keith, because. For me, I weirdly know, like, a moderate amount about the Godzilla lore. So for me, like, all that stuff was really exciting. When they're like, that's Rodan, that's Ghidorah, that's Mothra. I was like, all right, like, I'm really having fun with this, seeing all these people on screen. See, that just all flew over my head. To jump in, though, to jump in and kind of back up Keith and also back up Austin, it's like, as someone that also is familiar with the Godzilla lore and the old movies, old games, comics, whatever it may be, like, I know these characters... So it was cool to see Rodan, Mothra, King Ghidorah. It was fucking awesome to see how they use them in King of the Monsters. But to back up Keith, as someone like yourself, Keith, that didn't watch Godzilla 2014 in a while, they don't set that up in the first one. It's just a like they kind of have like newspaper clippings. Oh, there's an egg. 
is that Mothra? <laughs> like, ooh. Oh, did you hear about the cave paintings, like, underwater? Oh, is this that King Ghidorah? Like, they don't set it up at all. So it just kind of happens yeah. in King of the Monsters. I don't disagree with that. They execute it terribly. The humans <laughs> yeah. are awful in King of the Monsters. But as yeah. someone who, like, knows a bit about this shit, I was still sure. like, all right, this is really fun. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. got you. Um, so now that we've kind of covered that buildup on the MonsterVerse um, and the and the three prior movies, let's now talk about uh, the culmination so far of this universe with our newest release. Um, why don't you guys go ahead and give me your non-spoiler thoughts on Godzilla vs. Kong? Ooh, our new one. Keith, how about you lead us off here since you kind of uh, were a bit negative on the earlier ones. Did that trend continue for you here or did it kind of uh, lead more positive? There was some stuff I liked about this one. And yeah, so non-spoiler thoughts. Yeah, I'll just say that. There was some stuff I liked about this one, especially when they uh, kind of dive more deep into the uh, hollow earth thing. Uh, there's some stuff I liked there. Things I didn't like, I guess, goes back to what I said before. Just too much of whatever I don't really care about. Just these guys just fighting, not really <laughs> yeah. hooking me at all, and just didn't get it. That's all I can really say as far as non-spoiling anything. Keith, thank you for setting me up because I cannot wait for the rest of this episode. I cannot wait for all of our thoughts on this. It sounds like Keith was a little bit more positive after feeling negative. I'm the exact opposite. I loved watching the earlier three movies. I fucking hated this movie. Really? <laughs> this was a waste of my time. I don't get what I just watched. Godzilla versus Kong. No spoilers. That's what you're setting up. We get two scenes of it. You saw it all in the trailer. And it was pretty cool. The rest of this movie gives us the worst of what King of the Monsters gave us. In that movie, to me, we got some dumb human characters. But at least for the most part, you get some fun Kyle Chandler stuff where he's kind of leading the rest of the plot, trying to help out our, like, our benevolent monsters. This one, everybody's stupid. Everybody makes no sense. Everybody's plot is a waste of time when it could just be focused on the monsters themselves. And when you reintroduce Kong, he's already a main character. And I just want more of him. And Godzilla's weirdly a villain now when he never was before. You saw that in the trailer. It doesn't pay off. At the end, they try to. It doesn't work. I just, I liked the action we got, but I am shocked at how little we got in this movie for a movie that is called Godzilla versus Kong. So disappointed. Wow, I really didn't think you'd be that low on this one, Nat. I thought you would have I thought you were gonna come in and be like, I had fun with it. I wished I would have. I was I, I was so excited to watch this one when I started it, genuinely. I, I was so hyped. So for me, um I I guess no surprise. I'm I think I'm the highest here then on Godzilla versus Kong. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's the best one they've done by any means. Um, for me, though, I'm just so in and interested in this world that the fact that they did kind of more world building stuff in this one, I was interested in that. I do completely agree with you that the human stuff is just mind boggling in this movie with the stories they chose to give time to and who they're giving screen time to. It's like, what are we doing? Take me back to the monsters. But I think all the monster stuff in this one is actually the most interesting it's been. And I think the reason for that is because they've found a way to make Godzilla and Kong actual characters other than just big CGI things that slam into each other. Like, I think because of some of the prior movies, you can kind of understand both of the monsters' motivations, and that actually made their dynamic more interesting for me in this movie. Yeah, I guess the big issue for me is I only agree with you when it comes to Kong, because they spent so much time giving him 
that story that was actually like genuinely a story you would see human characters go on in any other movie. He kind of has like a, a weird road trip storyline trying to find his home, find his family. And it was pretty compelling. The Godzilla stuff doesn't work at all because they don't spend that much time on it. And they just in the middle is like, he's the bad guy. What's he doing? It's like he was the hero in the last two. I don't know. And then by the end, it makes sense. Just I, there wasn't enough time, I felt like. So that's just kind of where I fell on it. I agree with that. I think the end kind of fleshes out what Godzilla's doing for the rest of yeah, the movie. For sure. But ultimately, this really is just a King Kong movie. So I guess that's worth yes. sharing in the non-spoiler section, as if you're going into this movie thinking you're going to be getting a lot of Godzilla. No. It's really a King Kong movie. Yeah, which kind of makes sense because we got Godzilla 2014, King of the Monsters, and this is the third Godzilla movie, whereas we got Kong Skull Island, and now four years later, this is kind of your your direct sequel, if you will. If Kong Skull Island was Man of Steel, here's your BVS, except flip the roles. So Superman's not the lead character because Kong is the lead here and you kind of, the other one is left in the dust a little bit. Yeah, I think I think BVS is a great comparison, mainly because of the title and also it's the same studio and, and the fight stuff kind of takes the same trajectory too. <laughs> yeah, thank God we got Kong Skull Island though <laughs> because if yeah. we hadn't before this, this would have been equally baffling for the Kong side of things. <laughs> okay, everybody. Well, that's going to do it for us for our non-spoiler thoughts. So this is your official spoiler warning. If you have not seen Godzilla vs. Kong, do not go any further in this podcast because we're going to talk about everything, not worrying about spoilers. So this is your last chance. Turn us off now, check out the movie, and then come on back to hear our thoughts. All right, Keith, let's get into our cast and crew now for Godzilla vs. Kong. Godzilla vs. Kong, cast and crew. All right. This one is directed by Adam Wingard. You may know him from Your Next, The Guest, VHS. Dude, this guy's filmography is just trash pile place. after trash pile. <laughs> I like Your Next and The Guest a lot, but after he's kind of gotten that big boost to studio movies, it's just uh, not been good for me, at least. That's where I fall. So a screenplay by Terry Rossio, Michael Daughtry, Zach Shields, Eric Pearson, and Max Borenstein. A movie score composed by Tom Holkenborg, a.k.a. Junkie XL. He's back He's again. Back, He's baby. back, baby. Junkie XL is back. I love when we get some Junkie XL talk on this podcast. There's too much but of But the score is pretty forgettable here, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's say good. it really didn't sound like Drunk Gig, so <laughs> well the problem is he plays his epic score but whenever he plays it it's just human characters walking <laughs> <laughs> well let's jump into the cast here so we get Mr. Alexander Skarsgård as Nathan Lind Millie Bobby Brown as Madison Russell returning Rebecca Hall as Lene Andrews Kaylee Hoddle as Gia Brian Tyree Henry as Bernie Hayes, uh, Aza Gonzalez as Maya Simmons, Julian Dennison as Josh Valentine, Sean Oguri as Ren Sarizwa, and we also get Friday Night Lights, Kyle Chandler as Mark Russell, All right. and Demian Bishar as Walter Simmons. Uh, all right, guys, so 
What's your highlights in the cast and crew here? I'll go first here because mine are going to be quick. <laughs> None of the humans are a highlight. It's just the two monsters. <laughs> All right. I agree. That's a good call. That's a good call. So on that note, then I guess my highlight is the VFX department because, yes. man, the monsters are great in this movie and the humans are garbage. And if they did motion capture, I don't know if they did, shout out to you as well. Keith, what are your highlights? Are you in the same boat or did any of these humans stick out? I guess the only one really stuck out was um, uh, Damien Bichard as Walter Simmons. Yeah. He was fun. Yeah, the performance is fine. I, I knew him from uh, watching Weeds. I don't know if you've ever seen that show with uh, Mary Louise Parker, but it's a badass show, and he was in that mm. for a little for a season or two, and he was good in that too. So yeah, I like him. Uh, I think it's probably the only shout out. Here's the thing. It's just kind of a general blanket statement. Did any of these actors give a bad performance? No, I don't think so. It's just what they were asked to do, and the reason some of them were even injected here at all is just confusing. Um, the fact that Kyle Chandler, who I don't know about you, Keith, I know you didn't love the movie. I thought he actually kind of was a pretty compelling leading King of the Monsters. And I liked Millie Bobby Brown too in that. Why they're not both more of a focal point here is just weird. I don't get it. Also, Shunaguri, I really liked his look. I liked his kind of thing is I'm piloting, spoiler again, Mecha Godzilla. Cool. The weird name drop. They say at once that he is the son of Ken Watanabe's character. That begs a lot more questions where Ken Watanabe was like fighting for Godzilla's rights and like he wants Godzilla to like kind of a uh, return to take out all the other monsters. His son just wants to pilot Mecha Godzilla to kill Godzilla? What happened between them? I don't know. Why'd you even make that the sun? Very strange. He dies at the end. So who knows? Brian Tyree Henry is an actor I love as well. I was pretty Dude, annoyed with him about five seconds in. Just because it was it was too just in your face, I felt like. He was trying to annoy the characters in the movie, which I get, but I feel like at a point you cross over a line where he starts to annoy the audience, too. I just kind of found him a bit insufferable, to be honest. Yeah, the Bernie Hayes character made me just hate the Millie Bobby Brown storyline because I just didn't Ugh. want him to be a part of it. Yeah. And I mean, I like Millie Bobby Brown, too. She's good with what she's given, but her storyline is just baffling. It just felt like another episode of Stranger Things with her. <laughs> That's what it a felt like. Bit. Just her in the background, just chasing after the monsters with her friend and... Some, and then some older gentlemen as well on the side there. <laughs> some older gentlemen. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll talk about it more later, but Austin, that is my least favorite part of the movie. I think it's so clear what they're trying to do because you have Alexander Skarsgård, Rebecca Hall kind of leading the King Kong story. Like they're the humans as a part of that. So who are going to be our humans part of the Godzilla story? Yeah, the Team Kong, Team Godzilla. Yeah, returning from the last movie. So it makes sense. But what they're doing makes no sense. So it's just, yeah, their story was so uncompelling. And at the end, the payoff is so, oh, that's all that was leading to? Great. Well, you don't even really need their story either, because it's not like they led Kyle Chandler no. to them or anything nope. like that. It, just, it was just a weird way to show us Mechagodzilla. But you cut all that out, and you can still show us Mechagodzilla, and you don't need the wasted like 30 minutes that we spent with them. It's the perfect comparison to Finn and Rose's story in The Last Ooh. Jedi, where they go off into this grand adventure that leads to nothing. That's your favorite Star Wars movie, though, Keith. That's kind of weird you're complaining about it all of a sudden. No, it's not. 
<laughs> um, yeah, it's weird, man, because at the least King of the Monsters while having the most baffling human plots, at least when it came to like the humans helping the monsters, it was just like, hey, we need to use this like frequency thing. We're going to lead Godzilla to Ghidorah. Let them fight. We're going to lead Rodan to the fight as well. Like, we don't want to fuck with him, but we'll lead him there to kind of hopefully take out the main bad guy. Pretty interesting. Or, oh no, Godzilla just died. Let's go down and launch a nuke at him because they absorb radiation and kind of advance that process. Pretty cool. The humans here? Have nothing to do. <laughs> what are they doing? They're just following the characters throughout their own journey. That's what they're doing. They're just behind them every step of the way, doing nothing. <laughs> um, okay, so let's go ahead and move on now. I did also want to mention that in terms of box office numbers, this film is now the most successful release of the COVID-19 pandemic. Less than a week into its release, worldwide it has made $285 million, and domestically here in the U.S. it has made $48.5 million. It's not surprising. I mean, it's a big IP with both Godzilla and King Kong, so the fact that it made money by itself isn't surprising. The fact that the time it's coming out, vaccines are more of a thing. We know a lot of people have gotten them. Things are a bit more safe in the U.S., so it's not totally unsurprising. It's probably somewhat kid-friendly, too. Yeah, it's kind of a four-quadrant movie. Anybody can really go to it, kids and adults. It's pretty friendly towards any generation, I would say. Oh, dude, so, yeah. can you imagine being 10 years old and seeing this thing in theaters? Yeah, King Kong! Oh my god! Alexander Skarsgård's human character is so interesting! <laughs> <laughs> I love Bernie! I'm gonna listen to his podcast! <laughs> All the kids going to see it just want to see more of the human characters. <laughs> I was thinking, and I'm trying to remember who survived after Kong Skull Island. And I was trying to think, like, that would be kind of cool if they would have brought one of the Vietnam veterans back. It would have been, Keith. It would have been. Was it also cool when they brought back Joe Morton, a.k.a. Miles Dyson, a.k.a. Silas Stone from Zack Snyder's Justice League to play the older version of Brooks from Kong Skull Island? When he was in King of the Monsters, was that cool when Mothra hatched and he was like... Wow, it's Mothra. I'm from Kong Skull Island. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Why in God's name was he not in another scene? And why, Keith, is nobody from Kong Skull Island in this one? Also, Keith, before I completely break down, wasn't it pretty cool when all the monsters bowed down to Godzilla at the end of King of the Monsters? Where were they in this movie? Where were they? Godzilla apparently is the only one. I don't know. I'm, I'm actually really glad that you brought that point up, Matt, because to me, this film actually seems a little bit out of order. It seems like this film should have come after Kong Skull Island, and then you do Godzilla King of the Monsters with Kong on his side fighting yes. Ghidorah. That would have been really cool. Really cool. It's just another example of Warner Bros. just making the strangest decisions with their yeah. properties. They just don't know how to make good movies. Okay. So, Matt, before we get into our roundtable discussion, I think it's time to play Can We Break It Down? All right. So, guys, this movie is very confusing when action isn't happening on screen. So we're going to try and break this down, but bear with us because this could get tough. Austin, why don't we start off easy? 
Is there anything we need to know that Godzilla and Kong have been up to since King of the Monsters and Skull Island, respectively? I mean, there's not much. Uh, Kong has seemingly been kind of trapped on Skull Island, which is now a monarch observation facility. So the monarch team is kind of keeping tabs on him. And uh, Godzilla seemingly hasn't surfaced since the events of King of the Monsters. Um, I think what we're supposed to infer there is there hasn't been anybody left for him to challenge. Good to know. Good to know. So, Keith, the whole catalyst of this movie is Godzilla attacking the Pensacola Apex facility out of nowhere. Any insight to why he might be doing this and why the scientists want to bring King Kong to come help out the situation? Yeah, so I guess Godzilla had just been attacking major world cities, so he's like, you know what, I'm going to go pick the most random city in the U.S., (laughs) and that's going to be Pensacola, Florida. I'm going to go down there and attack that facility. And then the scientists, they were like, whoa, dude, what the hell? Why are you doing that? And they're like, well, there's only one thing we can do. We got to go find this giant ape because he's the only one that will go after this guy. And so that's what they do. So, Austin, I know you're a big fan. So this might be a good time to mention the whole hollow earth thing. How does Kong factor in and why the hell are the scientists involved in this whole thing as well? Yeah, so the hollow earth is kind of this theory that the earth is hollow. Uh, We learn in the events of both Skull Island and King of the Monsters that the Titans can kind of use these hollow tunnels to travel quickly across the earth. Uh, Kong factors in here because Skull Island is essentially where hollow earth like kind of broke the surface of our earth. So that's why all the monsters and stuff on Skull Island are different. And also we learn that Kong, uh, his family may have ruled hollow earth at one point. And the scientists are involved because they believe Hollow Earth has its own uh, sun, if you will, that has this really immeasurable energy source, and they are hoping to draw from it. I did not actually know about that sun aspect. I, I missed that for sure. Well, they <laughs> it's not actually cool, a though. sun. They equate, they equate the energy source to our sun. Okay. All right, Keith. I'm going to task you with something big here. So now that we've left Hollow Earth, we're in Hong Kong. Tell me about the Kong and Godzilla fight as well as the big intro to Mecha Godzilla. Godzilla and Kong are fighting in Hong Kong. They're pretty much hitting every skyscraper in their way, probably killing <laughs> thousands of people. And then the Mecha Godzilla comes in after Godzilla and Kong kind of come to terms with each other. And Mecha Godzilla comes in and starts attacking Godzilla and Kong it gets revitalized by the humans and he goes to help them out and you'll have to watch the movie to see what happens. Well, we're going to tell you what happens because Austin, I need you to round us out. How does the team up of Kong and Godzilla go down? And is there anything worth noting in our epilogue? Well, the team up goes, I think as well as anybody could hope. They successfully defeat Mechagodzilla. And uh, in the epilogue, we learn that Kong has returned to hollow earth, which now I guess the entirety of hollow earth is now a monarch observation facility. So he is kind of keeping that domain, and Godzilla has kind of gone back to the ocean waiting for a new challenger. Oh yeah, I guess I should mention that throughout this plot, we constantly cut back to Millie Buppy Brown, Julian Dennison, Brian Tyree Henry, and for God knows why, not Kyle Chandler, so that they can break into Apex Cybernetics. They have so much screen time, and ultimately they just poured liquid onto a computer to short-circuit Mechagodzilla for two seconds maximum. Thank you for your hard work, guys. And with that, speaking of hard work, let's get into our roundtable discussion because we freaking nailed this, guys. Are you ready? All right, let's do it. Let's get into our roundtable discussion for Godzilla vs. Kong. 
who would like to start us off today? So I thought it might be nice to open with a general discussion of the MonsterVerse in the context of how it frames this movie. We talked about earlier how these four films are praised for the action and visuals, but kind of torn apart because of the weird need to have 500 cast members that are all famous and focus on them instead of what we actually want to see. So this movie honestly might be the worst offender to me. In King of the Monsters, Charles Dance and Vera Farmiga's characters were just ridiculous. Whereas here, I felt like all the human characters were doing dumb things and they themselves just make little to no sense in general, with the exception of the young girl that has a bond with Kong. So maybe it's because the title of the movie teases this grand battle, but I want to know, were you guys as disappointed as me by the lack of action, the really stupid two planes of action for the humans, one following Kong, one following Godzilla, and how quickly the finale plays out? The finale is definitely quick. That one did feel too short for me. I was actually kind of surprised to hear you say, though, that you felt like we didn't get enough of the Kong versus Godzilla action, because I actually did really enjoy the two action scenes that we got from them, and I felt like they occupied a good amount of screen time. Yeah, I think I was fine with that. I think I'll have to agree with you there. If, maybe if I rewatched it, I'd think differently, but yeah, I think it was enough screen time for me to kind of get the gist of what they were like fighting each other. Because I think as much as you want to see Godzilla and Kong fight, like as much as you really want to see that, you're also then wanting to see what's it going to be like when these two team up too. So I'm kind of glad we got all that in this one. I will say though, with the fight scenes though, it probably could have been cooler. The quality that we got of the fight scenes, not so much the visual effects of it, but just like the, the sheer like brute of each, whatever you call them, animals or whatever they are. I don't know. Something about it was just kind of a letdown for me. I was hoping just some more punching, some more like throwing and all that. And we didn't get a lot of it. it was actually, some, some, some of it kind of looked like the old school Godzilla where it kind of like moved in slow motion and it was kind of like slowly like wrestling yeah. him and all that. I didn't really care for that too much. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Keith, on that. I just feel like, and again, maybe it's all about expectations, but the fact that it's called Godzilla vs. Kong, I guess I shouldn't have watched the trailers because seeing them fight on the boat and then seeing them fight in Hong Kong is really all we get between them and then other than that it's either the humans are the focus or kong is the focus doing his whole journey to hollow earth to find his family which i just didn't really find all that compelling unfortunately so yeah the action was cool when it happened it just wasn't enough of it for me and the human characters i just found i was constantly questioning everything here like i mentioned in the like Say what you want to say about Godzilla 2014, the human characters are boring, but at least what they're doing makes sense. Like trying to resolve the situation, the San Francisco incident, Aaron Taylor Johnson's dropping down to try to defuse a bomb that like the Mutos will like use to make themselves even more powerful. So it all makes sense. It's boring, but it works. Kong Skull Island, there's too many characters, but what they're doing makes sense. And in King of the Monsters, you just have a couple characters that are dumb. Whereas here it's like, why is Millie Bobby Brown, like, defying her dad, bringing her random friend along to go on this days-long mission and then traveling the country? Why is Kyle Chandler going to Hong Kong not knowing his daughter is there? Why is the whole Kong plot just to, like, follow him 12 feet behind while he goes to Hollow Earth and not do anything until action happens? It just, it just wasn't enough for me. It just was boring. And I hate that I'm saying about this type of movie, to be honest. Yeah, I totally I totally agree with you on the human aspect of all their stuff is boring and nonsensical. And, and they really just exist to kind of throw out sciencey jargon to make the world kind of feel smarter than it actually is. 
Um, the action though really did work for me. I think I really enjoyed the scene of them on the naval ships. I like, I think that setting was so cool and, and yeah. not really what I was expecting from that battle. And then I also do kind of like how they also added an axe for Kong to use, like as dumb as yeah. it kind of is. It made, I think it made that, that last showdown with Godzilla feel more fun, especially how he can like block Godzilla's, uh, like ray breath with the axe and kind of absorb the energy. So like, I felt like they added cool elements to each of the fights that we did get. So on that note, that's kind of the stuff I enjoyed, but I want to keep it simple now. And I just want you guys to tell me some of your favorite moments in this film and then some of your least favorite moments in this film. While Keith is thinking, I'll throw it out there. I mean, the best moments in this movie were the fight on the boat, seeing Kong's reaction, breaking out of his chains eventually and fighting Godzilla. So badass. Watching them go into the water and kind of change the dynamic was really interesting. Did you like him hopping from one ship to another ship? I thought yeah. that was so cool. I mean, he killed 300,000 people, but I loved watching <laughs> it happen. <laughs> no, it was awesome. And then um, in Hong Kong, ooh, badass. Just so fun. That was, that was the most fun part of the movie, I thought. Watching him mess around with that axe, looking at the camera angles they did to follow them from behind was so cool. Watching Kong actually climb a building. It's not the Empire State, but it's still really cool to watch. I mean, classic and just a fun time. Yeah. Uh, two positive things that kind of come to mind was, you mentioned earlier, Austin, was the uh, the ship scene, the fleet of ships with Kong being in chains and all that. That was classic King Kong right there, uh, him being kind of shackled up. And I... I, li- I did like the communication with him and the uh, the little girl. I kind of like in that scene too, Keith, that he's like kind of on board with it too. Like they have a, yeah. a rudimentary way to communicate with him, but like in the other Kong iterations, he's just kind of brought to America against his will. So mm-hmm. I kind of like in this one that they're kind of all on the same page and Kong isn't happy that he's leaving Skull Island, but he kind of like at least has a rough understanding of why he's on this boat. Yeah, it was a fun scene and I, liked the- and I did like the fight scene bet- between him and Godzilla. One other thing I'll point out is the hollow earth scene when he first gets to hollow earth and he figures out the uh, the way the gravity splits up between the two uh that was awesome. of the hollow earth and i like that he ran to the top of the mountain and he was able to like just see the rocks floating there in the middle of the two of the two gravities and he was able to figure it out and he he jumped to the next plane of that realm there but yeah i thought that was cool i think uh also in the hollow earth whenever they just didn't i was so glad that they didn't extend this character's lifespan. I really like Aza Gonzalez. I don't know what the hell they were going for with her character in this movie as the daughter of the leader of Apex. She's just an asshole to everybody in the movie. And then I was like, what is this going to lead to? And then she steals like the samples, and then Kong looks into the ship to make sure nobody he likes is in there and just fucking crushes it. I was like, that's awesome. So that's great. awesome. So great. And I think so far in 2021... When it comes to any movie, any TV show we've watched, there has been no hyper moment than when Kong gets revived, Godzilla's about to get killed by Mechagodzilla, and we see Kong jump on Mechagodzilla, grab his jaw, and pull it up, camera cuts to the wide shot, and we just see the red breath go into the into the sky as opposed to into Godzilla. I was like... That might be the most baddest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so cool. On that note, too, I also like that when Mechagodzilla first enters the fight, he grabs Godzilla and tries to do the same killing move that he did to the yes. Mutos in the first movie because he's analyzed his fight patterns. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. Also something that uh, Godzilla tried to do to King Ghidorah in King of the Monsters. He tried to like rip yeah. his jaw open and do the blue breath into his mouth. 
Uh, so that was really cool, yeah, to see Mechagodzilla try and rip his throat open, but Godzilla also was, like, too strong, so his jaw doesn't open. He, like, keeps it closed for the most part until Kong comes in. It was like, okay, I see what you're doing. I like it, but give me more of this. I love it. Also, also just having Mechagodzilla in this movie was really cool for me. Oh, so fun. So fun, I thought. Okay, and now on the other note of that, tell me some negative moments. I don't know about any particular moment, but just... The overall stupidity of the humans in this movie. And I just don't get any of the motives. And and this goes for King of the Monsters as well. I just don't get any of the decisions they make. Maybe I'm just missing all the different science that goes behind it of why they're making decisions they make. But I don't know. I just didn't get it. It was all really boring. Everybody's like, we got to learn to live with peace with these characters as Godzilla is destroying, like, he's killing, like, thousands <laughs> of people. Destroying this entire city. It's like, Really? I don't know. Do we need to keep peace with them, or should we just try to exterminate them? They can't kill him, though. Everything they do to him doesn't work, so they I think they kind of feel like that's their only option. As dumb as like their decisions are in King of the Monsters, I do actually buy both sides of the argument. Like They don't present it very well, but I buy where each side is coming from. To that point, though, I'm kind of between you guys, because I don't get what they're doing either, but the execution is just so bad, like Austin said. I mean, Ken Watanabe's character in King of the Monsters says, somebody says, well, what? Are we supposed to make Godzilla our pet? And he's like, no, we're going to be his. And it's like, that doesn't sound good, Ken Watanabe. What are you talking about? Like, that's not the answer to this question. Like, <laughs> like we don't have to kill him, I agree. But why do you want to be a simp for this guy? I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't get it. Um, I think the negative for me, this might be a weird one to suggest, because, I mean, it's not terrible, but I just think it kind of gets us off to the wrong foot. As somebody that watched Godzilla 2014, I know this is a weird thing to say. They introduce Alexander Skarsgård's character. I guess he knows about the Hollow Earth, and he's playing with, like, an old-school little G.I. Joe action figure. And again, as somebody that watched Godzilla 2014... That was Aaron Taylor Johnson's thing in that movie. So I was like, is that Aaron Taylor Johnson? And then no, it was just a different human character with a different background that did equally nothing. And I'm like, why are we introducing new characters? I don't get it. <laughs> and so that scene for me was so bad because we're going to talk about it more, but the Hollow Earth thing for me was not set up at all. I know in King of the Monsters they mentioned it, but it wasn't really intriguing. It just kind of happened. It was it, it was cool, but in this movie, for it to become such a thing where they can just go there and it's like, oh, okay. Like, I was a little bit confused, and to have a scientist that knows about it that just doesn't really do anything was just a huge red flag. And to also have, like, the two main villains of the movie with Damien Bashir and Shinaguri just, like, showing up like, we could use your help. We have a ship that can help you get in there. And it's like, oh, okay. Because my brother got smushed whenever he tried to go in there. And it's like, oh, man, that sucks. I'm sorry. And it's just like, why are the villains giving us this ability? <laughs> if, they, if they're the ones that created Megan Godzilla. <laughs> I was just like, what? So, yeah, that that scene stood out to me. I was just, that that was the most confused I was in the whole movie, that scene. My whole thing, too, is it's kind of in line with you, Matt. Why is Alexander Skarsgård's character in this movie? Yes, I don't know. I, like, why do they need to give him the ship and send him down there? Like, he doesn't do anything when he's down there, except just watch him and go, wow, he's running fast. It's like, what? Whoa, what are you doing him. here, dude? 
What science stuff are you doing? It's, it's a really un- underused character. Great actor, underused character. Can you imagine, though? I mean, guys, again, I'm not a professional screenwriter or anything. The fact that Alexander Skarsgård was not the pilot of that ship originally, is it really that crazy to make Aaron Taylor Johnson, to make Kyle Chandler the pilot? Is that insane? Just have them be the main character and have Rebecca Hall and the little girl be like the main characters for the Kong plot. Have these other characters come in that have dealt with Godzilla, bring them into the mix. Why is it three other characters, our two villains and Alexander Skarsgård, have to do it? I don't know. I think it really is because they literally wanted to have a Team Kong and a Team Godzilla. I think that's really what it is, especially when they did the whole bracket-style shit in the opening credits. Like, I think they just really wanted to play into that element. One of them should, and I know it, I know it would have been silly, but one of them should have been, like, the older Brie Larson or Tom Hiddleston from Kong Skull Island, because it's just three who gives a shit. And I really like the little girl, and I did like that they established that she's the last of that Iwi tribe from Kong Skull Island. So that was at least something that carried over. But I would have liked one of the characters to maybe have had like an actual relationship with Kong. Bring fucking Joe Morton, who was in King of the Monsters, who played that Brooks character in in, in Skull Island. Bring him in or something. I mean, I was just shocked that they introduced two new characters as opposed to bringing in somebody that could have given us more context or made more sense. Okay, well, let's go ahead and move on now. And I do want to kind of take a step back for a second and just look at the MonsterVerse as a whole. And I just want to know, how do you guys feel about the world that Warner Bros. has established here? Do you guys like the Titan mythology and also like the Hollow Earth, like separate universe kind of type deal that they've established here? Um, And how do you guys feel about how they added to it in this one? As far as the Titan mythology, doesn't really do much for me. Maybe that's why these movies don't work for me that well. I don't know, something about the whole monsters and Monster Zero, Ghidorah and all that. I just don't care. I don't know. And it just doesn't hook just doesn't hook me. But I do like King Kong though. Like I've always been a King Kong fan and I like the whole I like the King Kong movie that came out fifteen or so years ago. I really like that one as well. And I like the character of King Kong and, and that he has emotion and that he kinda has more of a human side to him. Nothing something about the whole Godzilla I don't even know what they are, dinosaurs or whatever you have them. I don't know. It just doesn't do anything for me. I guess I agree with what Keith is saying. The only reason I feel differently is because I have a pre-existing relationship with these characters coming in before this franchise. Like, I already knew who they were. I liked them. I thought they were fun, exciting, all that. I'd seen other movies and shit with them in it, so it worked for me. How they work in this specific franchise, I just, like I kind of already mentioned when it came to the characters, I'm just so shocked that, like, how did we not get more carryover when it came to characters? How did... The Hollow Earth thing only really get brought up in King of the Monsters for it to fully be this huge thing in Godzilla vs. Kong. So I just, I don't know. I feel like I didn't get enough setup and the characters they used. It's these huge A-list casts, but it's almost like they barely use them. I mean, Kyle Chandler is the big example where like they cast him as the lead in King of the Monsters, but then they don't want to use him in this one. So it's like they won't use the same characters so you have to like reintroduce 
or just set up completely new characters, or they have to take like random hollow earth theories that they bring up in Kong Skull Island briefly, and then in King of the Monsters, and then make it like a main plot here. So it just, it didn't really feel cohesive to me. Just like separating though from the human stories, how do you feel about the hollow earth and how do you feel about the Titans and like the existing mythology in this world? That's the thing. I'm with Keith. It's like, I really like these characters, but the way they set it up in this universe specifically does not work. I just feel like Godzilla coming out of nowhere makes sense. They did a good enough job there. Kong, same thing. Ghidorah, Rodan, Mothra, Mechagodzilla, everybody else, all their explanations are pretty stupid. It just kind of comes out of nowhere. And I'm with you, Austin. Like, the action is awesome between all of them. But they didn't set it up well. Same with the Hollow Earth. Like, Brooks mentions it briefly in Kong Skull Island. Like, I believe in the Hollow Earth. And then in the next movie, they bring it up more. And it's like, oh, I guess that's a thing. And then in this movie, it's like, oh, that's definitely a thing. So it just, it didn't feel like super cohesive when it came to the universe. So that's kind of where I stand. I still like the movies individually, just not how they brought that together. I definitely agree that it's not cohesive and it's certainly not executed well. For me, though, I'm interested enough in everything that they've set up to where I am excited to learn more every movie. Like, I think the Hollow Earth stuff is so cool. I think having the Titans that have been on this planet forever and are now just dormant, I think all of that is so cool. So while I do think all of the execution is just garbage, everything that they've set up interests me enough to where I'm at least excited for the new movie and to learn more about what they're kind of establishing already. Yeah, so, I mean, we've already touched it already, but let's let's just try to break down just a little bit more why these movies don't work for me and maybe don't work for other people as well. Uh, I mean, especially when it comes to this one, I think Ed Norton's quote from Making the Incredible Hulk definitely applies to this movie. So, like, two CGI monsters kicking the shit out of each other. Maybe it applies for me, maybe not to you guys, but we'll see. So, I do find these fights seem to be entertaining, but they go on way too long for me. There's not enough like diversity in the movements they're making to where it all just looks the same. They're just crashing into buildings for like 30 minutes or so, and they're killing so many people too while they're doing it. And no one, and none of the characters ever address how many people they're killing or they're knocking over all these buildings and disintegrating entire towns. The main characters are left wondering still, like, how can we help these creatures? But no one's ever like, all these people just died. So yeah, I mean, I'm all for the make-believe when it comes to movies and television that you're supposed to just kind of go along with it but it's a little bit of a stretch for me maybe that's what it is i don't know so i think i will actually push back on the on you saying that nobody ever addresses it i think they actually force everybody to live in this world where these monsters have been destroying everything like in king of the monsters you see the aftermath of san francisco they show you like all the buildings get destroyed they show you kyle chandler's origin is that he was there on that day Um, And they also do kind of establish, like, we either need to figure out how to cope with these monsters because of all the people that have died, or we do need a way to destroy them, which is kind of where the Apex guys are coming from in this movie with creating Mechagodzilla, is they want a Godzilla protector, but they want it to be on their terms. So I do actually kind of like that we see some of the consequences of all these monsters existing on this Earth, but once again, it's just not executed very well. Yeah, I guess... I don't want to be, but again, I'm kind of in the middle of you guys. I feel like I'm not fully with Keith, where like during the action sequences, I wasn't always like, oh my god, all these people are dead. But whenever we've reached Godzilla vs. Kong, it did make me go, hey, remember in Godzilla 2014 when San Francisco got destroyed? Like, is that place just not inhabitable? And then when Hong Kong gets destroyed in this movie, it makes me go, 
oh, is this going to be like San Francisco where like nobody can live there? Is everybody dead? Like, were they not there? I don't know. So it forces you to ask questions based on what the universe already set up. They do show you that in King of the Monsters that nobody is living in San Francisco and like just like the Earth is kind of reclaiming it. Yeah, but that's the problem as well, Austin. That's another issue I have with King of the Monsters. I guess more so this movie, because in King of the Monsters, they're like, hey, look at this. San Francisco's thriving when it comes to like the flora and fauna and all that. Like everything's growing back. Nature's taking it back, basically. That's kind of the whole thing, because uh, all these titans came through the area. That's the whole uh, aspect of it. And it's like, okay, that's kind of interesting. And then you have Charles Dance's character, who's like, I want to bring back all the titans because I want them to do what they did to San Francisco to everywhere. They should make everywhere thrive. And Vera Farmiga's like, I agree with you. And then they're kind of like Kyle Chandler's like, well, we're all going to, all the humans are going to die then. And she's like, no, we won't. We'll figure it out. And it's like, okay, that was weird. I get what you're going for, but you're just pulling this off so poorly. But then in this movie, you have Walter Simmons and the son of Ken Watanabe's character basically just going, we're going to make Mechagodzilla because the humans should have their own say. But my thing's like, wait, so you guys don't believe in the whole, like, bringing the Titans back to make them bring back the nature thing? You're just a different aspect that wants to have the humans have their own fighting force? Because you're saying, Walter Simmons was like, to Millie Bobby Brown, oh, your mother was Emma Russell. I was such a big fan. It's like, no, you're doing different things. Like, Emma Russell wouldn't have built fucking Mechagodzilla to make nature better. Like, what she was doing was stupid, but that's, like, kind of at the heart of it. Whereas here, you're just trying to kill Godzilla. Emma Russell would have never done that. She wanted Godzilla to rampage through everywhere to make all the world better. So it just doesn't make sense to me, unfortunately. I think what he was a fan of, though, is just the device that she created, which can the lure orca. and attract the Titans and kind of control them in a way. Like, that's what he wants. He wants control. He wants his own weapon. He doesn't care about the environmental stuff. So I think that's where that character was coming from in that scene. To your Probably. broader point, though, Keith, about just being bored during the action, I think what I can say for this entire franchise, and I actually kind of mean this as a compliment, is these are plain movies. These are movies that you turn on when you need to kill some time turn your brain off don't take them seriously that's what i get out of these movies i really enjoy like i've said all the action in this film i like the fact that you can just kind of shut your brain off and have a fun monster movie none of these are great movies they're actually all probably pretty bad but they are at least entertaining and you will kind of get something out of them when you turn them on no i'm glad you said that Austin, because i was actually thinking the same thing like that was gonna be kind of my closing thoughts was like i talk shit about these movies but i will definitely watch them again I think I went into these movies looking for like a really in-depth story because that's what I thought they were gonna have. Yeah, in them. and you just can't take these seriously. And, yeah, I was like, oh, this like what's going on? Like I didn't, I didn't know it was gonna be like, like it was. But now that you said that, yeah, these are definitely movies I'll have it on in the background and again if I'm not like really looking to pay attention to a movie. And yeah, they're fun. They're entertaining for sure. So, do you guys think that this movie should be the overall conclusion of the series? Or are you hoping for a continuation? I think they definitely set it up where there could be more, but also with the way Godzilla leaves at the end and Kong kind of takes his place in Hollow Earth, this also could be 
the end of what they're telling. I mean, there could be more, but it seems like they're kind of doing it both ways. Like, either either way, we could get more, but this also could work as an ending. So I'm not sure. Austin, what about you? Do you want more, or do you think they were trying to set up an ending here? I mean, I definitely want more. I do still think this universe and this world is super interesting. Um, I Like you said, I could definitely see this being a conclusion, but I would totally be down for more, especially if we can keep having like a Godzilla and Kong as like the defenders of Earth. I think that could be a really fun dynamic. And maybe somehow along the way, they'll figure out the formula and actually make a decent movie with both good human characters and good monster characters. The idea of like a movie that starts with Godzilla and Kong already being on board and like there's just such a messed up threat that maybe comes from Hollow Earth or comes from the surface or whatever, or maybe just another alien, whatever it is, comes to Earth and they have to like, like on the outset, they're already teamed up to like, take this thing out that sounds pretty cool and the thing is kong already is such like kind of like your protagonist he's the more emotional character you can kind of see what he's feeling so we don't need that many humans give us some i get it you have to have that but we don't need all of them give us kyler chandler and jim morton i would like that give us (laughs) um give us robert de niro playing older tom hiddleston give us meryl street playing older brie larson come on guys you cowards bring them bring them in you know you want to <laughs> did you guys like that shot too of whenever godzilla blows his breath through the earth and they're both looking down at each other because of the way gravity works where they are i did like that i like the whole gravity thing and the cool. uh, hollow earth thing i thought that was That's cool so cool dude there's so many there's just so many cool shots in each of these franchises um, okay, my friends. So we'll have to see what happens with uh, the Toho and Legendary relationship. It also sounds like Toho is pretty interested in making their own Godzilla movies. So maybe we'll have to see what those look like. Um, but my friends, before we get out of here today, we love to rank things on this podcast. Let's rank the entirety of the MonsterVerse. Keith, kick us off today. I think I'm going to go Kong, Skull Island, number one. Number two, Godzilla versus Kong. Number three, Godzilla. And number four, King of the Monsters. (laughs) All right. I like it. Austin, you got to go next. I mean, I can't wait to hear the opposite reaction. Maybe. What do you got? All righty. I'm going to go King of the Monsters, Kong Skull Island, Godzilla, and Godzilla versus Kong. As much as I like this movie, I think all three of the prior films are better. Wow. So... I weirdly, apparently I always play kind of the middle person on the show, but unintentionally, I think I kind of fell in that with my rankings. K-Back, you and I are right here, I feel like. There's no doubt. Number one is Kong Skull Island. That movie fucking rocked. The final scene where King Kong is chained up, can't get out, breaks through, and has an anchor attached to his hand uppercuts the skull crawler and slashes its throat i was like this is the best thing i've ever seen in my entire life in anything not just movie or tv this is the greatest thing i've ever seen not until i have (laughs) children will i ever see something greater that's what i'm saying right now i like all the con stuff i just can't do the samuel jackson character in that movie well austin it's good to bring up because number two is godzilla king of the monsters equally stupid human stuff more characters doing less at least we got more like characters 
being more active in the plot in Kong Skull Island. And this one, I don't really like the human stuff, but at least the monster stuff is fun. Number three is Godzilla 2014. I think it's the better movie, but it's not better in the ways I want these movies to be, if that makes sense. Like we get kind of, we get human stuff that makes sense. We get good acting, but you're only going to give me like five minutes of Godzilla. No, thanks. Don't want that. Number four. Godzilla versus Kong. You gave me the worst human stuff. <laughs> the worst human stuff. It just was incomprehensible. You gave me Godzilla, a character I liked in the last two movies. And here I get he's like, I'm going to kill Mechagodzilla. But he's just doing all the stuff in the process without giving us much of a reason. Doesn't work for me. Just makes my villain for no reason. I like Kong. You give me two action scenes with Godzilla. That's really it. It's not enough. It was cool while it happened, but not enough. So it gets last place. Okay, my friends, before we get out of here today, we also got to give out some Arnie's podcast awards. If you're new this week, this is a segment where we give an award to anything in the show. Keith always starts us off. Keith, start us off today. You know what? We'll just make it simple. The most random British kid award goes to Mr. Josh. Who? Tap water. Millie Bobby Brown's friend. Oh. I didn't even know his name was Josh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Most random British kid. What about you, Austin? What you got? I'm going to give the most on-the-nose opening to the bracket and the opening credits. I could not help but roll my eyes so far in the back of my head that I saw my skull when that played what? out on screen, I was, was like, awesome. what are we doing here? This movie's already off to a bad start. No way. That was so hype, I thought. I'm going to give my award to the Smash Williams Honorary Linebacker Award, and I'm giving it to uh, King Kong for holding back Godzilla so many times when he shouldn't have. Godzilla won the fight. They even brought it up. They had three fights. Godzilla fairly won two out of three. So we got to appreciate that. But the fact that King Kong could hold him back for as long as he did, Coach Eric Taylor would have been proud. Slash Mark Russell, who's in three scenes of this movie and really only exists to hug his daughter at the end. I don't know why he was in it. But Coach Eric Taylor would have been proud of my boy King Kong. That's all I know. Did you like when Kong has to pop his shoulder back into place? That was fucking awesome dude he so popped cool, it back dude. in i loved it and the way it like zoomed in on his face just for him to growl was whoa that was awesome i was hoping you would spit a tooth out too oh just... keith good call that would have been that cool been badass that would have been good <laughs> all right everybody well thank you so much for listening today if you've enjoyed this episode please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss any of our upcoming content also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we really do appreciate that so we can continue to grow the show. At The Arnie's is our social, and TheArnie's.media is the website. We'll be back next week for the continuation of our MCU Phase 1 retrospective and review series with 2011's Thor. It's going to be an interesting one. We don't have RDJ to back us up here. We don't have kind of the weird reputation of the Incredible Hulk to prop us up either. What do we think of the first Thor movie? I guess we'll find out. If you're somebody that doesn't care about the MCU or the MonsterVerse, well, you got your DCU covered. We cover the Snyder Cut as well, so check that out. 
Austin and I dropped a recent episode of Co-op Couch where we talked all of the most recent video game news and also broke down our favorite video game characters of all time. And of course, if you want something ongoing, you have the Falcon and the Winter Soldier dropping new episodes every Friday, which means you can catch us talking about our thoughts the following Sunday. Yeah, and check us out on Instagram at the Arnie's. Feel free to direct message us your thoughts on this episode and future episodes. Please go back and catch up on Falcon and the Winter Soldier and give us your theories on that. And look forward to those every Sunday. As well as catch up on Iron Man, Iron Man 2, The Incredible Hulk. And look forward to Thor and give us your theories on that as well. And if you're really feeling it, go back and watch the MonsterVerse movies and give us your theories on Godzilla vs. Kong. All right, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Let them fight. Yeah.